A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts. Specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF Podcast. It's Friday, November 19th. In the latest episode of the BOF Show, a new immersive video series now streaming on Bloomberg Quick Take, I meet a new wave of entrepreneurs challenging the luxury status quo and creating a new reality for fashion in the virtual space. Marjorie Hernandez and Corinna Nobbs are co-founders of The Dematerialized, a Web3 marketplace for authenticated virtual goods, which they describe as the digital department store of your dreams. To watch episode four on dematerialization, please find the link in our episode notes. But now, here's my full interview with Marjorie and Corinna, exclusively on the BOF podcast. So I want to start with what you both do, because you both work or you both created companies that are so new in a space that's still developing. So we first need to understand kind of what you do. Corinna. Mm -hmm. What is dematerialized? So we like to think of the dematerialized as the digital department store of your dreams. It's not like a regular online shop. It's something different. It's something that takes you into another space, another dimension through what it looks like, basically, first of all. So a digital department store, does that mean you say it's different from like an e-commerce shop? What makes it different? 
The thing that makes it different is we use a number of different technologies together so that it feels... One of the criticisms about digital is that it's impersonal or people don't think that it's real. And we use different forms of technology to try and create very emotional experiences, particularly as well because the fashion in itself looks quite unreal. It looks like um, we describe it as being limitless fashion because we're not constrained by physicalities or geographic locations. So... uh, You could have a dress which is on fire or a dress which is made of water and that kind of instantly pulls uh, the user in to say, okay, this is different. This is different to what I've seen before on a screen. And you co-founded Dematerialized. Yes, correct. But Marjorie, you also have a whole other company that you created. Yes, I do. So you have two companies. Yes, I do. (laughs) What is Luxo? Yes. And what do you do there? A lot. Yeah, I co-founded Luxo with my partner Fabian and our mission was basically bringing blockchain technology outside of the finance world, outside of this super complicated tech world and make it accessible for everyone with our, basically our target audience being creative people. How can we power creators, fashion designers, fashion brands to harvest the power of the blockchain through very simple tools? So effectively making blockchain technology invisible and beautiful. Okay. So it kind of reminds me of back in the days when people didn't believe that customers would buy a $2,000 handbag on the internet. Now that's become totally normal. Yeah. Yes. And in your view, Yes. There's a, there's a stage in the future where people will buy yeah. digital fashion in a digital f- department store Correct. that nobody can touch, Correct. that is completely intangible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do you believe that people will actually want to buy clothes that they can't touch, that they can't wear, that they can't see? You know, clothes are a very physical thing. Correct. So why would anyone want to buy a digital dress? Yeah. That's an amazing question, and I think it takes us back to the dematerializations of goods that we've been seeing since we have digital technologies. And I think it's like a natural progression that it comes from the gaming world, effectively, in which they understand you spend a lot of time in this environment, and your avatar is part of your personality, is your mean of expressions, and that avatar has an outfit, has weapons, has a chest, has a backpack, and all of those things. So I think as we regular people start trying to of like transitioning more and more into the virtual world, spending more time in virtual environments, and that that barrier between physical and digital starts blurring more and more. We want to enjoy and express ourselves also in digital environments. So I think those goods will start dematerializing and we will start consuming digital fashion, digital sneakers, digital makeup, digital jewelry as well. So that's why we believe is going to be, I mean, I think effectively it's the biggest revolution the fashion industry have seen so far. So that's fascinating. We've been talking a lot this week about the purpose of fashion, the role that fashion plays Mm. in our lives. And what I find so fascinating about this space is fashion is so fundamental in expressing who we are. Mm, Not everyone is a fashionista or a fashion person, but everyone wears clothes and in the choices they make, even if they're unconscious choices or you know unintentional choices little signals yeah there's signals about like what they do for work or who they see themselves as or which tribe they belong Mm -hmm. to so basically this whole thing 
about the dematerialization of fashion, the virtualization of fashion, the digitization of fashion, is basically saying that in virtual spaces, fashion can exist for the same purpose, which is to express who I am. Yeah. So tell me, when I think about this stuff, it's such a kind of abstract thing to me because I don't hang out on Fortnite. I don't go on Minecraft or, or I'm not on Roblox, all of these things where a lot of young people especially mm -hmm. spend space. But beyond the kind of digital native Gen Z type people who live in these spaces all the yeah. time, how has the last 16 months when we've all been living in yeah. Zoom rooms or exactly. Teams rooms, exactly. like that's the metaverse too, right? Yeah. Correct. How has the last 16 months changed the space of digital fashion? Well, it changed tremendously. We've been in this journey for the last three years. And in the last month since the whole thing with Corona and the lockdown happened globally, all of a sudden people understood there's a sense of urgency in order to have means of expressions in a digital environment when we're all confined to our houses. It really kind of like walking that, that need for a lot of people. An accelerated process that was going to happen anyways. But as you said, I mean, we see when we talk about the metaverse and people ask, oh, who is going to build the metaverse? It's like, well, we are all building the metaverse. And yeah. the metaverse is nothing but the internet breaking kind of free from that two-dimensional barrier that has been confined for the last 20 years and it breaks free into this three-dimensional environment. And then when it starts blurring more and more with our daily life and our daily life becomes enhanced, then that's what we see as the metaverse. So it's not only about being in a game in Roblox or being in Fortnite, but it's also about being in a Zoom meeting being in a conference room, having a virtual meeting in VR chat. In all of those moments, you know, we're entering the metaverse. And as you said, we want to express yourself. Obviously, real clothing has an utility, but most of the stuff that the three of us are wearing, maybe not so much you, uh, is not only for the means of utility, right? So there's a, a, a sense of expression. And I think with digital fashion, we just capture all of those intangibles that we love in fashion and we put them into a digital environment. Is Instagram the metaverse? Instagram is part of the metaverse, mm -hmm. definitely. And I think uh, something else that popped into my mind there was I think another motivator is, again, due to the last 16 months of confinement, that people have also looked at their physical wardrobes. Some people have moved towards saying, I don't want to buy as much physical fashion. That's definitely, we've also seen a number of people saying, I want to try a fashion that's new, that's alternative, that's different, that in theory also has a, a lesser impact on the environment as well because it's not another physical garment that's being made so I think there's another motivator there as well as the nobody wants to be naked in the metaverse basically. <laughs> you don't want to look like everybody else. No, you don't metaverse. want to be a noob. Yeah. Do you think people because you know in real life maybe I'm you know I'm wearing like navy blue top and navy blue jeans and white sneakers which is pretty like basic but do you yeah but do you think in the metaverse there's also this idea that you can just take more risks yeah there's a there's a emerging research already that suggests that there's a kind of peacock-esque element mm. and that in many ways, some people, particularly those people who are more introverted IRL, when they move into a metaverse-esque environment, just feel that they can be much more mm. uh, extroverted in, in the choices that they have. And I think that's a, a very interesting point going forward that mm. consumers, particularly if it's creating a relationship with a brand, that first point of contact might be with a digital something rather than a physical something. So Corinna, you actually come from the fashion industry. Mm. You studied fashion. You came from like the yes. kind of real... Shop floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what convinced you 
or drew you into this very nascent space, which is still being defined? Like, why, what convinced you that this was something that was going to become a big deal? There's a couple of things, but one thing is, I may never be able to wear a couture garment in real life. It's very possible I could probably wear a couture garment in digitally using augmented reality or potentially in a game. It's one of the things that we initially bonded over when we first brainstormed it to create the business. I'm also a lover of vintage as well and thinking about the vast archives that many of the luxury brands have, the ability to, to have a relationship with an archive piece digitally, perhaps if you're going to a museum or, or such like. I just think it makes a, a stronger connection with the brand. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was one of the things. And again, the, the other notion about this limitless nature. I mean, garments can breed. You could breed a dress with a painting. And the, the, that kind of keeps me awake at night thinking mm -hmm. about the potential of, of digital fashion, especially when crossed with NFTs. Yeah, so let's talk about NFTs, because everyone's talking about NFTs and we see it in the media. But a non-fungible token is basically something that is digital scarcity, right? It's something that can only exist in a certain number, maybe only one or 10 or 50. So that's really different from the real world. Because, you know, in haute couture, you can have the idea of having like one of very few items, but in kind of mainstream fashion, it's replicable across hundreds of thousands yeah. of units. Mm -hmm. So how does it work creatively that someone or some people can create things, just one-off things. How, how do you get enough volume? Mm, that's a good question. But I think NFTs actually mirror very well in digital consumption what's happening actually in the real world. Because in digital environments, technically we have infinite amount of anything. Once something is digitized, mm. it's abundant, right? So we can make millions, infinite amount of replicas. The beautiful thing with NFTs is that we can create scarcity. So we can basically say, if this is my IP, if this is my creation, I can limit it and say, well, I'm creating of this asset, I'm creating a thousand of this other asset, I'm creating just one. And then that will also have an impact in the economics of it. So I think it kind of mirrors the real world. And, you know, the great thing is that producing a digital good is much easier than producing a physical mm -hmm. good. It has way less impact in the environment. So that initial sample, we could say it in those terms, it's your final product. And that sample exists a billion times if you want to. So if it comes in terms of volume and how to have more supply and infinite options, it's like digital space is the most potentially the place where you will have the most vast offering because designers basically can try everything. They don't have to worry about production and cost and materials and where do I source this? I live in South America. I don't have access to this specific cashmere. It doesn't matter. You can produce pretty much anything you want, try it really fast, take it into the market. And basically through the technology that we're building, anyone has their own digital manufacturing facility. Mm in the tips of their fingers. So the go-to-market strategy for a designer is pretty easy. So I think that brings us to a moment of democratization and accessibility. So we're taking something that used to be very exclusive and we're making it accessible for a lot of people. And then also the means of going to the market are just right there. So it will be a very similar transformation like we had with content creators and publishers, right? That transformation of like social media brought to the world of publishing is very similar to what NFTs will do for the world of fashion and, and art in general. So let's talk about the go-to-market strategy. Say I have created a dress <laughs> with, you know, I love this. It's beautiful. You know, I created a digital dress 
And this was printed all over my digital dress. And I decided to make only 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I sell it to a customer? How does yeah. someone buy it? Can you walk me through it? step by step by step. Yeah, and this is, well, this is a great question because there's like different ways and one of the things that they materialize and locks as well, we're working really hard is in making that barrier of entry for regular consumers super low. Yeah. Because right now purchasing an NFT or any crypto asset per se can be a bit complicated and you need to understand how certain pieces of the technology work. You need to be able to set up a wallet, potentially have Ether in your wallet in order to move your NFTs in the future. Mm. So we're trying to minimize all of that complexity to the bare minimum. So if you buy a digital good and they dematerialize, in the moment you arrive to our site, we create blockchain address for you. So you, we create an account in that moment. So I can start my journey yeah. on the dematerialized. Yes. I don't have to have a wallet. I don't no, have to no, have... No. Okay. We create basically a wallet for you and it's in the background. It's invisible. In the moment you create your account with us, with your email address, we give you access to that private key. And in that moment, you start managing your crypto wallet in a way that is super seamless, super easy. You don't have to back up keys. You don't have to remember key phrases or anything like that. And then you just can purchase. And the way we see it is like you should buy digital fashion in a very similar way you buy things in the app store. You go in, click, I bought it, I have it. And that's how it works for us. So you can pay with any type of currency. You can pay with cryptocurrencies or with fiat currencies, which is also very special because we are processing all of the blockchain transactions in the back without the user really noticing. And then we just transfer the ownership to the blockchain address. So they can manage the ownership in a very simple way without having to understand and onboard themselves 100% of how the whole crypto world works. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, 
Soul and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Okay, Corinna, can you give me an example of something or a collection that you've sold on the dematerialized? What the response was, how you sold it, how it was marketed. Basically, how did you connect with customers. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the second drop that we ever did, which was with Artifact and Fabricant, we wanted to work with them because they are both digital pioneers in each of their respective fields. So it was a, an authentic collaboration to start with. And we seeded it just as we would uh, with a physical product. So teasing it on Instagram and on other social platforms. This is the drop that's coming with a, with a very specific time. And then we released the collection at 8 p.m. and the reaction was magnificent because we had we sold 223 items and they sold within 11 minutes. The entry price point was 10 euros and the exit price point was 9,000 euros. And I guess just as Marjorie said, it, it just feels like a regular online shopping purchase. People were able to get in and out of the site super easily, and then as soon as they purchased it, they were already posting on social media, this is my asset, they were playing with it in augmented reality as one of the utility use cases of post-purchase. So yeah, that's an example of what we've done recently. So how much revenue did you earn from that sale? That generated 55,000 pounds in revenue. In 10 minutes? Yes. Mm -hmm. So if they're digital goods and there's no material and there's no stuff, it's mm. just this thing in the metaverse, mm -hmm. does that mean it's like super profitable because it mm. doesn't cost anything to make it? Like, is this, is this like gonna be the most profitable part of the fashion Don't, industry? Don't like, tell everybody, yeah. Emra. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of is, it's like digital goods with luxury margins, it technically it is. I mean, obviously your production costs are much lower, right? And your supply chain is very slim. Obviously, there is talent that goes into it, right? And yeah. there's, you know, there are people who are very skilled and craftsmanship is also something that exists in the digital world. Like digital craftsmanship? Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So there are people who are, you know, not all digital fashion are made the same. So there's some things that are very, very, very complex and require a lot of time to be made. But again, that one piece is scalable infinite times in contrary to the real world. So, so what makes a good digital craftsperson? I think just somebody who is like a little tech wizard that just knows how to use, you know, 3D softwares very well, potentially knows some, a little bit of parametric design and can bring code into generating the forms and the shapes. Is this so, like so, Benoit? 
Is he a digital crafts person? I mean, he's super special because he is a fusion of fashion, gaming. He's also studied fine art. So I guess that kind of aesthetics plus the technology is the ultimate kind of skill set. Absolutely. Do you think they'll teach this in fashion school then? Like, will people start learning how? Yeah, I mean, they're already started at a number of the forward-thinking fashion schools. That's already integrated. And in the UK, there's the first ever master's degree in digital fashion as well, which just started this year. So, yeah, fundamentally. And also, when we talk to conversations with brands, they're scrambling to try and find talent so that they create a digital pipeline Mm -hmm. in in their brands already instead of having to outsource Mm -hmm. it to some of the craftspeople who have tremendous day rates because they're so in demand at Mm -hmm. this point in time. Let's talk about the brands because Mm. so far the things I've seen or heard about that seem to work is this idea where you get both a digital product Mm. and a physical twin of that product. Mm -hmm. Is that the model that you think is going to persist over the future? I don't know. I I think that's a great strategy as a transition kind of like it's, yeah. it feels the risk for some brands and it's, and it's digestible and for it's consumers. definitely digestible for consumers so I think it's a great learning phase but I think in one point in time they will realize digital products are just a different category like you have shoes handbags you will have 100% digital goods they're just living in parallel with your other offering eventually we will see how the dynamics will be and if that will have an impact in the physical offering if it will go down and then the digital goods start taking over. Which is a question that we get asked a lot by brands at the moment. They're like, but what's the impact on our physical garments going to be? And I'm like, well, we don't know until we release. Nobody's nobody's found that out yet. Who's doing it right? Who's like the brand in this space or brands in the space that are starting on this journey that other companies can look to or learn from? I guess if you look at the the sportswear companies like Nike and Adidas, they've had 3D design teams probably the longest within Mm -hmm. the space because they implemented it into their sampling kind of procedures. Fewer of them have scaled digital releases. What we're starting to see now, I think, are independent, I would say, emerging designers who are releasing kind of digital collections or kind of one-off pieces. All the luxury brands that we've been seducing for the, the last kind of like year and a half, they all understand the value of it. They're, they're hungry, but there's a, a reticence to go first. And we really believe that it will be a, a hockey stick or a kind of domino type effect that as soon as one of the brands, I mean, it's similar to actually with Benoit and the, the sneaker sale in February. As soon as that happened, his phone was ringing off the hook because people were like, oh, I can see you, you can generate revenue this way. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's going to be a game changer for the marketplace. And I guess something that I guess we we both believe is that for luxury in particular, digital is going to be the new lipstick. It's the new perfume. It's going to be your entry price point, which is so, so important in terms of the lifetime relationship that you you bring with a brand. And so, yeah, getting that relationship right is going to be critical. But aren't brands then worried about kind of diluting their level? You know, especially in the luxury space, they're so concerned about their positioning, Mm. where they sit in the customer's mind and that hierarchy of what's exclusive. Like, isn't there a risk that by kind of making these products available at much cheaper prices that Mm. brands like Gucci or Vuitton might be undermining all of the hundreds of years of heritage (laughs) that they've had to make these kind of really elite positioning? I mean, 
Yeah. They've been doing it already. If you look at Louis Vuitton with the League of Legends skin, that retailed at like twenty dollars, which is, I mean, there's nothing you can get for uh, for Louis Vuitton at twenty dollars, and that didn't harm the brand identity. If we look at what Gucci did relatively recently with the Gucci sneaker, again, it was thirteen uh, dollars. I purchased it myself just to test out the user journey. And um, again, that's not devalued the brands. I think there's different audiences and it's back to what people like Burberry or, or other people who invest in digital earlier as a way to remain relevant with new audiences. And I guess that's back to the the value of what you can use an NFT for, because with the NFTs, you can have that digital scarcity or you can invest in, in digital craft so that the creation that you're you're making is just undeniably luxury yeah, as a digital piece. Yeah, and I think also what luxury is, is being redefined. I honestly believe my generation might be the last generation that it has some sort of emotionally attachment to the traditional concept of luxury. And I think the consumers of the future, the, those guys who are like 10, 13 years old right now, they will have a completely different perception of what means luxury. And I think the materiality, the leather, all of these things that will be like outdated to some shape or form. So they will still exist, but I don't think, I think luxury is, will redefine. It will be Maybe luxury means having access, belonging to a specific community, uh, having proof of taste through your ownership of NFTs and your array of things that you own. So I think that redefinition process is going to happen anyways. Give me a perspective five years from now, not 20 years from now, yeah. but five years from now. How do you see this space developing? So my kind of uh, version of this is that the digital fashion and NFTs will be normalized. Uh, NFTs are still a point of confusion for, for people. I think that almost all physical goods will arrive with digital identities as well. So there'll be this kind of like blurring. And then of course, I think we'll have many more ways. I guess one of the, the things at the moment is how do you wear digital fashion? Where are the places that you can wear it? And short of at the moment using an AR filter or porting yourself into wearing it in a different metaverse, some of which have various different levels of traction. I think there are going to be many, many more places where you'll be able to wear digital fashion. Plus, many more of us will be wearing augmented reality glasses. So I'll be looking at everybody here. You might be able to decide what I'm seeing that you're wearing, and that might be different to what you're letting me see you wear, and also vice versa as well. So I think those things are going to have a very significant Within effect. Within five years, you think that will happen? Yes, undoubtedly, yeah. And Marjorie? Yeah, I think I will echo some of the statements that Karina made, but I think what we look forward is to that normalization of consumption. And I think the moment people stop talking about digital fashion as digital fashion, but it's just part of fashion, so we don't need to use adjectives to describe it. And, you know, people are not talking about the prices or the NFT or blockchain when the conversation moves away from it. And it's just about consuming those goods and enjoying them. I think that will be a success. And I think that will happen within the next five years. And as Karina was saying, the moment Apple eventually kills the iPhone and bring us the best next biggest revolution. You know, they say, holy cows make the best burgers. So they will for sure kill the iPhone and give us something fantastic out of it. You know, we will have a new kind of like paradigm and then that will definitely 
bring that line between the physical and the digital even even more close. So in this five year time frame yeah. where digital fashion has gone from this kind of nascent niche, niche. thing mm -hmm. to something that's well understood by many consumers, mm -hmm. how does dematerialize fit into that one and how do you make money? Mm, very good. I think that dematerialize fits in because we will be basically that digital factory where designers will come in to enter the market. So they will come with their digital creations. When they enter the dematerialize, we help them through that process of actually creating a supply of NFTs and creating that utility post-purchase. And then they go to market independently of their location geographically, their age, their gender is completely agnostic to any of those factors. And then they will enter the marketplace. And I think the dematerialize more than any other player right now in the market understand all of the different pieces that are required to make digital fashion mainstream kind of like consumable and then that would be the destination for a lot of people and for us it's super important to make the tools super accessible for anyone there might be an amazing designer in kenya and is 13 years old if she or he gets his hands on a computer and can enter the market then we should be there to allow them to do that. So that's kind of like our vision. And I think we will see a lot of power players emerging from completely different places, decentralizing the powers within the fashion industry and then allowing them to go to market. Okay, it kind of reminds me of when Natalie Massonet mm -hmm. talks about when she first started Net-A-Porte and like no one really believed it and people were kind of giggling. Mm -hmm. Of course. You know, it's that, it's that out there, which is really kind of exciting. Do you think the the executives at the brands, because I've met a lot of these executives and they are so resistant to innovation and change. So talk to me about how they're turning. I mean, they're turning because conversations that we started 12 months ago, when we're, we go in, we present, we talk to them and they're like, oh yes, yes, that's a, a good idea. Um, and there's a follow-up call. And I would say in the last three months, many of those significant players have now said, okay, we get it we want to do something, we know we need to have a digital fashion strategy as well as an NFT strategy. So there's there's definitely been a sea change. Yeah, well, I think also the executives will get younger, which is also a good thing. <laughs> so people who were born in the 80s are getting into higher positions, which is a good thing. And I think the executives, if they listen to their teams, they also have like really good and teams. And their children. And their children, <laughs> they can shift their strategies. But I think that's the typical reaction. People think that's what Blockbuster doesn't exist and we have Netflix, right? Like there's always a resistance when you control a market and you think things will never change. I think our brains are wired to think things won't change, but that's the only thing we know is that actually everything is going to change. And fashion is not, you know, immune to that. It is going to change. The world has changed radically and fashion products remain pretty much equal for the last hundred years. So I think, you know, that transformation is going to happen. And I think being able to adapt and learn and just embrace technology is one of the smartest things they can do. So I hope they do it. One other thing, I guess, as well, is that in, in reaction to your question about the, the business model or the revenue generation is that we see the marketplace as being a testing ground, mm -hmm. as you kind of talk to, but we also have a, a white label solution as well. So that when brands, particularly those who are, want to have a high degree of control over their digital fashion or NFT offer, they can use our infrastructure and our white label system to plug into their own e-commerce so that the, they have zero friction in terms of they still have full control over the consumer experience and that's so important for them.
in terms of making money, mm. you take a percentage yeah. of sales. What's the percentage you take? Something between 10 and 20% normally. Okay. But we're still testing what the sweet, the spot, sweet is. spot is. <laughs> well, I think it's fascinating. Thank and you. I'm really grateful that you shared all of that with us. So thank oh, you. Thank you, Imran. Best of luck. Pleasure. Amazing questions, <laughs> as always. What we wear says a lot about who we are. Yet fashion is also a $2.5 trillion global industry that touches everyone on Earth. I'm Imran Ahmed. I first started trying to make sense of the business of fashion 15 years ago, as it was being transformed by technology, globalization, and shifting consumer values. Now I'm on a journey to see how fashion is recalibrating after the pandemic to balance profit with purpose. This is the Business of Fashion Show. Join me to discover how fashion shapes business, culture, and identity, and to meet the people forging fashion's future. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.